praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I'm nothing else fit for my king Except for a heart singing Hallelujah, and welcome everyone. So good to see you today. Uh, welcome to worship. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here. And if you are joining us online today or here in person, so, so very good to have you. Um, we're celebrating Pentecost today. Pentecost is when we recognize Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit upon his disciples uh, after he had risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. And the day of Pentecost came and the Spirit came upon the disciples in the city of Jerusalem. And, uh, and, and that coming of the Spirit was, was accompanied by signs and miracles. And, uh, and then many, many people came to believe in Jesus. And we celebrate that, it's often known as the, the birthday of the church. So we're celebrating the birthday of the Christian church as, um, as we celebrate worship this weekend, recognizing that all God has done and especially focusing in on something we don't always focus on, and that is the Holy Spirit. Get excited, people. There's Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So uh, Pentecost weekend also kicks off for us the really half of the church year. It's known as the non-festival part of the church year, known as the Pentecost season. And the beginning of the Pentecost season, we're going to be um, in a series that we have called Rethink. And I'm holding in my hand one of the books for, of devotionals that is available out in the commons. You can get a hard copy if you want them printed out, or you can get them on our mobile app or on our website, Facebook. Um, you can get them by email if you go to our website and subscribe by email. But anyway, these devotions, Monday through Saturday each week, will lead into the following Sunday's worship. And uh, Rethink is about the lies that we believe. Things that we hear from the world that we, that we believe that are contrary to the word of God or things that we tell ourselves that are just not true. And we're gonna spend the entire summer talking about this series, Rethink, the lies that we believe. So and I, think just, I, I think it's something to get excited about. It's gonna be challenging for us. It's gonna push us in what we're thinking and telling ourselves. Uh, so I hope that you take advantage of the devotions and the sermons that are coming up throughout uh, this summer. Um, before we begin with our worship, I want to invite you to stand up, make your way around a bit, share a greeting with one another in the Lord, just tell everyone around you just how glad you are that they're in worship with you. If you don't know somebody around you, introduce yourself.
Nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love never fails Amen I know I still make mistakes But you find new mercies for me every day Your love never fails Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. You may be tainted in the night, but joy comes with the morning. And when the oceans rage, I'll have to be afraid. Cause I
disciples of Christ by the Holy Spirit when we are baptized with water in the word of the Lord. Washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Though we are all sons and daughters, God, by baptism and through faith in Christ Jesus, our flesh weak, and we cannot rid ourselves of our sinful condition. It is through repentance that daily a new person is to come forth and rise up to live before God in righteousness and purity. Together as God's children, let us take refuge in his infinite mercy and seek his forgiveness for the sake of Christ. Let's take some time in silent confession to the Lord. Together we pray, most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We are reluctant to act on all that the Holy Spirit reveals as truth, and we sometimes choose to go our own way. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us and renew us with your Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your love so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Paul tells us if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. In the mercy of God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of our risen and triumphant Lord Jesus Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. Please be seated as we sing.
of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one that could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
we say it, we build our life upon Christ, the firm foundation, Christ, the word of God in the flesh, and we turn to the word of God, which is the foundation of our, our understanding, our knowledge, and truth, which we hear. And so we'll have actually three readings today. Uh, first, in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, from Numbers chapter 11, Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took of the spirit that was on Moses and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent, yet the Spirit also rested on them. And they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Our second reading is from the book of Acts, chapter two. It's the story of the spirit coming on the day of Pentecost. Notice that there are actually gonna be some places where you'll join me in this reading. So either all of us speaking together or the men and the women uh, at different parts, just watch the screen for that. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. 
No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and, the, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now for the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand in honor of our Lord. The gospel reading from John chapter seven. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, we join together in speaking the words of the creed. We're gonna do this a little bit differently than speaking the whole creed. We'll actually share the words of the third article of the Apostles' Creed, and then uh, the explanation from Martin Luther. So let us confess the faith in which we have been given, uh, gifted by the, the power of the Holy Spirit as it is proclaimed in the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Together, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls gathers and enlightens and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Amen. You may be seated. Now just a little bit of warning right up here in the front, uh, at the very beginning of the message, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, this is gonna be one of those very ordinary sermons. I know Pastor Tim last week, um, he had like 65 slides and pictures and words up on the screen for you to look at. Yeah, not gonna have any of that today. Uh, so it's gonna be quite ordinary, uh, which is probably uh, really wrong on Pentecost because of all the drama of Pentecost, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples with tongues of fire. I, I thought about maybe trying to recreate, you know, right? really get this exciting 
by uh, having some fire or something. That was just going to be way too dangerous and way too hard, so that doesn't work. Uh, I thought about uh, live dove. You know, the dove came down on Jesus at his baptism in the form, uh, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, so, you know, bring a live dove. That, that could be messy, though, uh, which would be a real downer, I think. So that, that's not good. Uh, and if, if I brought in a live dove and it flew around and maybe it landed on someone, I mean, besides freaking you out, <laughs> you might like take that as a sign. This person is maybe supposed to be the one up preaching or something like that <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is upon that person. Then um, there's the story. Um, did you hear about this, this pastor who actually did bring in a live dove to church? He was preaching on the baptism of Jesus and he brought in a live dove and he worked it out, as he was preaching, he worked out with one of the ushers that he would get the dove out of the cage and in the balcony, because it was a church with a balcony, uh, as soon as he got to the right point of the sermon, he would just throw the dove off the balcony. <laughs> and so he got to that place in the sermon, and he said, and the spirit descended on him like a dove, and no dove. <laughs> and he, so he tried it again. The spirit descended on him like a dove, still no dove. He tried one more time. He said, and the spirit descended on him like a dove. To which the usher finally said, somehow a cat got in and swallowed the bird. Do you want me to throw the cat down instead? <laughs> yeah, we probably should just do away with all drama, right? Just stick with a very ordinary sermon today. That's what it's gonna be. Now, certainly they were not without drama that first Pentecost you heard the reading, this Holy Spirit comes on all the disciples as they're gathered together, probably 120 people, men and women together in one place. And uh, the Spirit comes on them. It's, it's a sound of a rushing, violent wind that comes from heaven. And there's fire, as I mentioned, right? The fire that tongues on each one of them comes down on the, on the disciples. And, uh, and then there's this fact that disciples start to speak in languages they've never learned before. And as they're preaching, the, the crowd gathers and they're speaking and people are hearing in their own native languages. It's almost like, it's like one person speaks, but they hear it in other languages. Miraculously, it's just a, a crazy scene going on, right? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, right? Each of them hears the wonders of God in their own native tongue. This crazy atmosphere where people thought the disciples were drunk. I mean, it's just that crazy going on. And then there's Peter's sermon. Peter preaches this amazing sermon to which 3,000 people come to Jesus in one day. 3,000. Unbelievable. What happened on Pentecost? It was a dramatic day. So it might actually lead people to think the Holy Spirit doesn't show up unless everything is really amazing. Like it's a mountaintop experience and everything's dramatic. There's fire and wind and all that. The Holy Spirit shows up. And if it's not electrifying and flashy, if it's just ordinary, he might think, well, the Spirit's not in it, I guess. 
I've never experienced that kind of spectacle in my life. Do I really have the Spirit? We have to remember that most often the Holy Spirit is not working in dramatic ways. The Holy Spirit is working in a lot of ways behind the scenes, under the surface. So I remember going to, uh, you know, one of these dams where it's high dam and water is pouring over the top of the dam and you see the, the water fall and then this, the foam and the frothy water down at the bottom of the, and you think, well, that's, that's how they're generating electricity from the, the water that's pouring over the dam. That's not really how they're producing energy in the dam. It's actually turbines and, um, and engines under the dam that no one really ever sees where all the power is generated under the surface. All the other stuff that's just falling over is for show, right? It, it churns up the water, but that's not really where the power is. I think this is most often what the Holy Spirit is doing, working under the surface, behind the scenes where you can't see him. I had a professor at the seminary who always liked to say that the Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity. That is, you know, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't get a whole lot of recognition and he's totally fine with that. Not that the Spirit is any less worthy of praise. I mean, just as much as God the Father, as much as God the Son, the Holy Spirit is co-eternal, co-equal, worthy of honor and praise, just like the Father and the Son. But not getting the recognition. Poor Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> we can think of it that way, but I actually like to think of the Holy Spirit much more like a floodlight. So a couple months ago, I was down in Madison at the state capitol. Go to the capitol sometime at night. Or Washington, D.C., same thing. Go to the memorials or the White House or the Capitol building uh, in D.C. at night. And they have all these buildings illuminated with floodlights. Now, the idea is that you don't pay attention to the floodlight. The light actually is hidden in such a way that you, you don't see it. But it illuminates the building or the memorial. I think that's the role of the Holy Spirit. He is, so to speak, the hidden floodlight that shines on Jesus. Points, you might think of it this way, like the Holy Spirit is behind us, pointing the light upon Jesus who is right in front of us. So God the, God, the Holy Spirit is always working to illuminate our Savior the Spirit's message is never look at me, notice me, listen to me, get to know me. The Spirit's message is always get to know him. Look to him, that is Jesus, the Son of God, right? Listen to him. Give him all the honor 
In him, you have life. Get to know him. Taste his goodness and joy and peace. Spirit's role is pointing us constantly to Jesus. And he's usually doing that in seemingly undramatic ways. Martin Luther liked to tell parishioners that even when a preacher is really boring or when the preacher stumbles constantly on his words and can't seem to get it out right, even then, the Spirit of God is at work because it's the preaching of the Word of God. And whenever the Word of God is preached, lives are changed, people come to faith, people are comforted in their challenges, and dead souls are transformed by the life of the gospel. Paul emphasizes this in 1 Corinthians 1. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says that God uses simple things, foolish things, weak things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul says, when I came to you, I did not come to you with eloquence and superior wisdom when I, when I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling, Paul says. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words so that your faith might not rest on my strength or men's strength, but on the Spirit's power. So God has this way of even using the weak words and the meager efforts of human beings to do extraordinary things. And it's a demonstration of the Spirit's power, not ours. Think about what we believe about baptism. In baptism, we use the most ordinary element on planet Earth, water. There's truly nothing special or extraordinary about the water. It's the same water we drink, the same water we wash our hands with, water our flowers with, and you name it, water. But God makes that water into a life-giving moment in baptism. Oh, a rebirth. He actually, Titus chapter three calls it a, a washing of rebirth and regeneration. A renewal by the Holy Spirit. Now it doesn't look like anything special. You know, when we do a baptism, it's very ordinary water and it looks like a guy up front who's just splashing a little water over a baby's head. But in faith, we trust that it's much more than that. And God is raising dead spirits to life. He's planting a seed of faith that will continue to grow. He's calling us to new life and giving us the assurance that he will raise us at the last day. All that's happening in baptism. Same with the Lord's Supper. 
right? We come up for communion and we, we take in our hand a, a little piece of bread, a little cup with a little bit of wine in it or some grape juice, nothing extraordinary. And yet God does something amazing with this and he strengthens faith through it. And that's how the Holy Spirit is at work, right? He's, he's doing things in small, ordinary ways, sometimes quiet. We don't, we don't even see it with our eyes. The Holy Spirit is in the business of taking ordinary and making it something special. Norma Krinsky is a great example. Norma Krinsky, in all her life, never stood even five feet tall. In fact, as she aged and her back became slightly hunched, she was well under five feet tall. She was not famous. When she died and church had a funeral for her, it was attended by her family and some close friends from church. Norma was one of those quiet servants who did things oftentimes behind the scenes. She um, helped out serving funeral lunches. She joined with a few other ladies from the congregation she was a part of in Northern Indiana, where she, uh, she went into the basement they had a small little room with a braille machine and she put in pieces of paper and made braille Bible pages for blind people who would never know who made those pages for them. Norma Krinsky was a tiny woman with a quite ordinary life but for at least one of her grandsons, she was a spiritual giant. Not because she was big, but because the spirit working in her was so big. She was my grandmother and my model of faith. I truly believe that I am where I am because of my grandmother. Norma Krinsky Rosenau. She prayed for me when I was wandering from the faith. She loved and encouraged me with the kind of faith that understood God uses ordinary people in small ways to make an eternal difference. I believe more than the powerful displays of wind and fire, the real story of Pentecost is how God uses very ordinary people, very ordinary things and events and moments to do the work of God. The fact that Peter was the one who preached at Pentecost, think about this the one who had denied Jesus, uh, a fisherman, as the book of Acts goes on to say, unschooled, ordinary men were the ones preaching the gospel. Very ordinary 
But God used this man, Peter. This really is the story of the whole Bible. From Moses to David and everyone else, God used ordinary people. And Moses said, I have a speech impediment, don't use me. And God used him to rescue a nation from slavery. David was the smallest, youngest of all his siblings. And God chose him to be the king over Israel. God does this all the time. So if you feel ordinary, praise God. I mean, this is the kind of person, you are the kind of person, if you feel ordinary, you're the kind of person that God loves to use. He does this all the time. Holy Spirit is in the business of using the ordinary. And I, I truly trust that he will use you for his purposes. And I think that God's gonna use this ordinary sermon too. Amen? Let's praise the Lord with our offerings. This is an act of our worship as we trust God Believing that everything that we have is not our own, it really is God's, it's in the hands of God to be used for his purposes, and so we give back for the work of his kingdom here at Faith Lutheran. I wanted to say thank you for every one of you that sacrifices and gives in a way that allows us to, uh, to, to do this ministry, right? It might seem really small, a dollar, a five dollar bill, a twenty dollar bill, something that seems small, but it is actually used, and God uses the ordinary, doesn't he? for his purposes. So thank you. Let's sing to the Lord. There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. No thing can compare your our living home. Your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what 
Spirit, we trust that you are at work in ways that we cannot always see. In fact, you are most often behind the scenes and pointing us to the Father, to the Son, bringing us to faith, enlivening us by your gifts in ways that we often don't recognize. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make us more aware of your presence and your work in our lives. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to know the, the goodness of our Father who loved us so very much that he was willing to send his Son to die, to rise for us, and to give us his Holy Spirit that we might have faith and live. Our gracious Father in heaven, we trust that you hear us. Even when we don't have words, your Holy Spirit brings our prayers to you in, in groans that words cannot express. In those places where we have no words, Lord, receive the, the message of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings our requests to you. God, where we have words to speak, we also pray that you would hear those words lifted up to your ear in the name of Jesus. And we pray today on behalf of those who are mourning and who are hurting, whose grief is very new and fresh. We pray for the family of Pat Kishorek, for the family of Robert Lowry, who passed away this last week. We pray that you would comfort them with the promise of the resurrection, that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon them and bring them comfort that they cannot find anywhere else in the world. God, we pray that each one of, of 
their family members would have faith in you, faith in an eternal life in Christ and the certainty of the resurrection and a reunion with those we love at the last day. Father, we also lift up to you the joys and the celebrations of life in this season of rebirth, of spring, moving into summer. Thank you for the the amazing weather that we have right now, for the, the seedlings that are just sprouting, for the crops that'll be harvested later this year. We pray for favorable weather. Pray that you would continue to bless us with everything we need for this body and life. And we also celebrate with those who are remembering their birthdays and anniversaries and other special occasions, the graduations from high school and college, and all those who are marking the transition from one phase of life to another. God, we lift up to you our graduates here at Faith. Pray that you continue to guide and bless them in their future work. We also lift up to you, Lord, Ken and Jeanette Nibby, we're celebrating their anniversary later this week. 71 years together. Just praise you, Lord, for their faithfulness to each other, for the example they are of kindness and gentleness and service to your church and to one another and to their family. Pray that we would learn from them as models of faith trust that your spirit is working in them. They are your instruments in your hands. Bring blessing to their family, to the church and the community. We pray that each one of us would be a blessing all the same in small and ordinary ways, but in a way to be special and blessed for eternal impact in your kingdom. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus and as he taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Now go with the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. And all God's people say, amen.